What's up, HDR kids? It's Michaela. And Michaela, Michaela, we're here too. Sorry, and Wesley and William too. Join us today for a behind the moment episode of Bring, Bring it, it On. What's up, guys? Hello, greetings, everyone. So today is a special episode of Bring It On. We have a very special guest who you've never met before. She's brand new, super crazy, super wild. Just met her yesterday. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hi, guys. Thanks for I having me. Big this hands. Such a cool studio you have here. <laughs> so cool. Is this a blanket? Sure is. <laughs> As the highest quality, it is very high. Is it, it down feathers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're allergic. We can't have it. <laughs> it. It sits on my knees and it makes my knees warm. <laughs> yeah. So behind the moment, we have Ray with us, and Hi. she's in our church, and she's looked up by all the kids pretty much, and Aww. she's super cool and funny. And really, and I'm not even paying her. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually confirm this. Anytime you see her walking through the church, there's always like a small mob of children behind her. I know. You know, I literally feel like like a caterpillar or something when I'm walking around the church because I never, I can't like take a corner too tight. Even I've got like five kids behind me. Like kids just sitting with you. Yeah, yeah, it happens. (laughs) Yeah, but she wasn't always this way. Like behind the moment is so that we can know what she's come through that made her this way and what led her up to where she is now. You may have not known this, but Ray has not always been in the church. Right. And how did you come into the church? How did you come to the church? Um, well, I, like you said, I haven't, I wasn't raised in church or any family in church. Um, so my first encounter with an apostolic church was when I was 14, like a week before I turned 15. And I came into it because I was in foster care. Um, so it, for those of you who out there who don't know, foster care is when your family is unable to take care of you, the state that you live in will place you in somebody's home who's willing to take care of you. Someone you don't even know. What was it like being a foster kid? Um, I did not enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. It was hard. Um, the last foster home I was in was, um, we call her here at this church, we call her Mama Clark. Her name is Brenda Clark, but uh, I call her the Reverend Bishop Clark because she is always preaching at me. <laughs> Even now, I'm like, I'm a grown woman. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, but I w- got put in her foster home, and at first, it was like the, I felt like the worst because it was the worst time in my life. But it ended up being the best foster home that I was ever in because it led me to God. Um, so, yeah, that was my first encounter and it was scary. I did everything I could to not go to church for the second service because I was like, these crazy people go to church twice in one day. You weren't listening the first time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that was my first exposure. Never. I was raised in a home that we believed if as long as you loved God in your heart, you were OK and you didn't have to be in a church building. It, um, so you said that being in her house was kind of the thing that brought you closer to God. So. What other things were key things that brought you to God? Well, you know, when I I was there, I learned how to pray. And um, she emphasized that a lot. Like whenever I'd get in trouble or whenever I'd be mad about something, she'd be like, you need to pray or repent. And I'd be so mad because she was right. Either I needed to repent because I had a bad attitude or I needed to pray to get through it. And so she was never wrong, and I was so mad because, you you know, it's like that's not what you want to hear when you're in the middle of being angry. I want to be the 
But I mean, and she prayed all the time too. In fact, woman like would scare me half to death. I remember one night waking up in the middle of the night because I just sensed something. It was like two in the morning and my door is open and there's this person standing in the door muttering and I'm so asleep. I didn't even realize she was praying. I'm like, ah, and she just shuts the door and goes on. The next day I'm like, what were you doing? And she's like, I was praying. Well, oh, um. Okay, okay. Uh, thanks, I think. <laughs> Can yeah. you not scare me to death next time? Yeah, I feel um, like so. maybe, maybe uh, just don't walk into their room at 3 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> open their door and stay in there like some sort of most, shadow room Most people creature. don't appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I had to, I had to learn to pray because um, at first Mama Clark and I weren't very close. We were very opposites. Like, we did everything differently. We had different views on things. And this is actually something that may be worth pointing out. She's also black and I'm Hispanic. And although I never thought there were any differences, we found them. We found a lot of things that we thought differently, foods that we ate. Even I'm like, I don't, we don't eat chicken. Like at my house, we ate pork because pork was cheap. And I didn't really like chicken. I mean, we had chicken every now and then, but they eat, Mama Clark, she ate chicken with everything. Like everything was chicken. And they're like, well, you're going to die in this house. That's how it is my house. <laughs> and, um, so there was culture clashes and we didn't get along very well. So I had to learn to pray because I didn't always like feel like she was, we weren't close then. We are close now. She is someone I could go to now. But at that time I was so young. And so I had to learn how to pray. I had to learn to lay on my own bed and talk to God. And it wasn't like ever cultured. I was never like our father, which art in heaven, hear me today, Lord. Um, actually you, brother Lord, for your provision. Uh, no, I am of the most humble gratitude for your provision. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, we recently had um, Brother Douglas Walker here and he was talking about how uh, when he prays, there are no, he doesn't, God doesn't talk to him with thou shalt not. Yeah. Like thou it's, shalt not. Yeah. I can, conf I can agree with that. That's not how um, I talk to God and that's not how God talked to me. It was a lot more dramatic. Like, God, I'm so <laughs> mad. Why did you have to put me in this house? God, why couldn't I have learned about you in my own home? But you know, I couldn't have, I had to get away from all that. I think God put me in a very lonely place so that I only had him to call on. And in later years, I did develop a relationship with Mama Clark and now we're, you know, I'm close to her now. But I think at the time God had to put me in a very lonely place where I only had him to talk to. So I have a feeling a lot of people are wondering, um, mm -hmm. did you know God or like know he was there? Oh, you? um, wow. So here's the deal. I was always raised that there was God. Okay. And my grandma, um, she used to be a very devout Catholic when she was young and they, the Catholic church did something that hurt her very bad and she's justified in her hurt. Um, so she decided she was never going to go back to another church cause she loved God and she could worship him her own way. So I knew about God and like that he was like good and stuff. But to me, like God was up there and that was it. Like he just like watched us. Yeah. He was like an ancient deity. He, yeah, was, but, he was like the, and I, he was like the made it up gods and like the mythologies yeah, and stuff. It, yeah. It wasn't any different to me. Um, people tell me, oh yeah, he thought I pray all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'd hear people like my own family members that I live with and be like, oh yeah, I pray for him every day. And did it. I'm like, I've never seen these people pray. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I didn't think there was anything. I, I really didn't think God was that big of a deal. So the way I ended up in Mama Clark's foster home is I was in another home and I got in some big trouble. I had been fighting. They put me in the same room as my sister, which when you're fighting, you know, that's like the worst thing ever. Well, she was like the reason we were stuck in foster care this time. And so I didn't, I, I was just having a lot of contention with my sister. And that day I just 
decided I don't want to deal with this anymore. So I went outside and I went behind the garage. I wouldn't even say I was hiding. I just went behind the garage. So I wouldn't have to talk to anybody, but I didn't call. I didn't, I mean, I didn't come when they called me and they kept calling and calling and calling. So they thought I ran away. So they called the police. So that morning or before I ran out there, I think it was early in the morning. I was standing at the dresser and I was looking out the window and I was so angry. I was shaking and I was crying because I was angry. Have you ever been so angry? You cried? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. It's the worst. That is the worst anger when you're so angry, you cry. Cause then you get angrier because you're crying and, yeah. and it's visible, you know? Um, I was shaking. I was so angry and I looked out the window and I vocally said, if you're even real, you need to prove it. Like show me. And boy, you, had, I'm, I, I'm telling you from day one of, I always teach my kids, you better pray very specific. <laughs> and I should have been a little more specific, like, because I got a shock of my life. Like going to mama Clark's house the first day was like, the, it seemed more depressing. It seemed like I'd gotten to a worse situation when the first day I got to mama Clark's home. Um, so he did immediately that day, the police showed up and I was moved out of mama Clark's foster home and I couldn't leave mama Clark's foster home because my foster home took on a new kid, so I couldn't go back until he was gone. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to stay with Mama Clark longer than three days. Betrayal. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. which turned into her paying for me to go to uh, youth camp, which is where I got the Holy Ghost. Very cool. Do you think there's, like, anything that, like, really pushed you? Like, yeah, you, like, like you knew God, and, like, as you started getting into mm-hmm. it, you, like, loved him and stuff. But, like, was there, like, one specific thing that like really pushed you and made you really feel like this is what you wanted I don't I think that I yes I think okay so you are you asking me like is there something that really pushed me and said like this is what I need Mm -hmm. is that what you're saying okay um so when I was three years old I always say four but I was actually only three all right so picture cute little three-year-old um something very bad happened to me um I was abused by an adult enough to give me nightmares and affect the, it affected the rest of my life. And this person threatened to kill me or my family if I said anything about them harming me. So I turned into instantly, I wanted him to die because he was so evil. And so it, at three years old, I became angry, like super angry. Like you've seen a three-year-old throw a tantrum Uh, yeah right but like that fades away but have you ever just seen a three-year-old that every time you see them everything they do they're just angry they just they're just boiling um I was that because I was so angry because I felt like nobody was helping I felt like I was stuck in this situation and I couldn't get out and I was hurting and then on top of all that I couldn't say anything because this person might harm my family um so that's how I grew up and it, it never, I mean, I got out of it by the time I was five, I was in, I w- went to live with my grandmother. She adopted us. Everybody found out what was going on. We ended up having to go to court when we were four years old. Um, I could, I was so scared. I couldn't even stand up in front of a judge and tell them what happened. It, it had to be my sister and she was three. Um, so that's how scared I was. Um, that's so yeah, crazy. It, it, it really does is it still haunt you. No, actually. Okay. So we're talking years of this building up, right? And I acted out in many ways and it, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse to this point where I'm now with Mama Clark and all this anger has come back because I didn't want to be in foster care. I wasn't yeah. the one who got us into foster care. It was my sister. So now my like hatred for my own sister and my anger that I'm in this position and then I don't like Mama Clark and she don't like me because I'm just like a crazy teenager and all of it is just like at the highest point it had ever been. And 
Then enters the Holy Ghost. It changed me. The, the day I got the Holy Ghost, some of you probably can understand this. People ask you what it's like. I'm like, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but I'm telling you, I felt like I was about to float off the ground. I felt the same way. Yeah. Whenever, at least whenever I got baptized, I remember yes. I ran around and I like did a little jump kick off the wall and I thought <laughs> I was going to fly away. <laughs> um, I, I just think all that stuff was sitting on me and I never knew it. And when I received the Holy Ghost, it was like, like all this weight was taken off my back. And then again, when a month later I got baptized and I was so clean, dude, I wanted to take a shower like immediately. Cause I just wanted that. I've never felt cleaner in my life. And so when those, just from the first time, when I got the Holy ghost, I'm like, there's no denying something just happened to me. Something that feels so good. I've never felt like this. Like, I mean, come on. I can't remember before three feeling innocent after three. I just always felt damaged, you know, even though my grandma always encouraged me like not to be a victim, I still felt damaged. I still knew something had happened, you know, and I was still angry about it. And I still hated people. Oh boy. Like I hated people. I did not talk to adults. I didn't talk to strangers ever. Like I didn't make, like I made friends really easy, but I just hated people. And now I'm 15 and I hate people. That's crazy. It's like the worst teenager ever, you know? (laughs) So, oh, Give me a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) So this, the Holy Ghost changed everything for me. I knew instantly some, you know, we're made for it. We're made for worship. We're made to be embraced by God. And so it connected and I knew it undoubtedly like within me that I, this is what I needed. So you could ask him like the next day I'm like, so why are we wearing skirts? So what does that got to do with the Bible? I ain't doing it because some chubby little preacher gets up there and says I'm supposed to wear a skirt. <laughs> like I ain't giving up my pants. I hate skirts. This is I had to wear them for youth camp and Lord have mercy. But it was the most difficult thing I think I ever done in my life at that point was wear a skirt every day, <laughs> all day. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it, but once I got the Holy Ghost, it was still a struggle. It wasn't an instant thing. It wasn't like I got the Holy Ghost and got baptized and nothing bad had ever happened to me. And I, and now I can look at it and it was easy. No, it still took time because then it was like, well, why did God let this happen? And I learned things like he will never put more than you can bear. And he'll always make a way of escape. And I, and I learned all this stuff and I'm like, you know what? He knew that I could bear this. And that one day, one day I could tell others about it and I could tell them you yeah. will survive. You will make it. You're not defined by what happened to you. You know, you're not a bad person because of what somebody else did to you. So I really look at it now. It's not a scar. I can talk about it. I, I, sometimes when I tell my testimony, I feel a real heaviness and it, and it follows me around afterwards sometimes, but I don't have scars. I don't, you know, have flashbacks or twitch or think like one day they might come get me still. Cause he is alive and he's out of prison. Um, I don't have flashbacks. I don't have pain from all that, but it did take some time. I will say for me, it wasn't an instant thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did like, that's obviously how you got the Holy ghost and you Mm -hmm. got into church, but that doesn't really explain where you are now. So like why kids, how did you get here? And like, why is that your thing? So I think that they're kind of correlated. I mean, I've always been good with kids, even when I was like a kid. I've always been good. Like I said, I never had trouble making friends my own age. And even when I was young, I like could put everybody's kids like in a room and entertain them. And they'd be like, take them to Rihanna, like always. Um, But now I really feel like it's a thing because I feel like I lost a lot of my childhood. I mean, when you're three years old, looking at somebody wishing you could kill them. That's, that's not a normal thing. When you're four or five years old and you're telling your grandmother to watch out because 
to watch where we parked because I wanted to make sure our car was hidden from view from the street because I was afraid he was going to come by and see our car and know where we live. Yeah. At four years old. Who thinks of that? That's like spy. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's like spy stuff. I didn't even know how to read or write, but I knew the license plate number of his car, of the guy who hurt me. That's and like, I was not even in kindergarten. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're talking about somebody who I really feel like my childhood was taken from me because once I, after that point, I looked at everybody suspiciously three-year-old, like any new person that entered my life, even some people I knew because I'd known this person. I started to relook at everybody and nobody got past me. You know, nobody got past my, if you could say like defenses, you know, because if I didn't want to know you, I wouldn't. And I mean, everybody, I was skeptical of everybody to me. I didn't see any way out. I didn't see where the good could come. So I was a very like just hard kid. So I think that part of it is because, um, God gave me the ministry to kids because I lost my childhood. My grandmother, when we went to live with her, she did everything to give it back to me. We moved to a farm. We had horses. We had animals. I played in the mud. I mean, she would make everything out of cardboard. If you want to know how I became the cardboard ninja, <laughs> she's like the cardboard sensei. Like she is, <laughs> she is like the ultimate. She's the real original cardboard ninja. So she did everything she could to give it back, but there's no not knowing that, you know, there's no forgetting that. So I think God gave me a ministry with kids because I can influence. That's why this podcast is so dear to my heart, because it's like, if we could give you strength right now where I didn't have that, then, you know, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't even know God I, at three years old. Do you know that? I don't know that I ever heard Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like our three-year-olds that they're already like, <laughs> they could <can> preach, <laughs> you know? Um, so I want to do everything for kids that I meet now that have, that are like me that have never encountered it. I believe that God's called me to minister to them. And I believe that God's called me to encourage kids that we raise in the church to get this stuff. Now, don't wait till you're 20. Why? When you have access, if you had access to the King, you know what I mean? You take yeah. advantage of it from the very beginning, you know? Yeah. So that's why kids, I think it's, it has to do with that. I just, and I don't know, it's like a green light. Me and um, my pastor's wife. We, we say it's like a green light. I walk into a room and it's like kids could see this light. It's like only kids can see it. And they see me and they just start talking. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know who you are. And please don't sit on my lap right now because somebody's going to think I'm trying to steal you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know how to turn it off. Like I've tried sometimes because I get tired. The only thing I know to turn it off is like I have to like run in my office and hide under my desk <laughs> <laughs> just to breathe for a few minutes. So, but yeah. So um, a while Earlier on, you spoke about how, how your family um, had another kid come into their, like, foster area. So mm -hmm. what, how did, what was your, I, like, what happened whenever they, the kid was gone? When he left, it had been, like, three weeks. So it had been two weeks since I received the Holy Ghost. Well, let me tell you, every single day until I left for youth camp, I was calling them every day, every morning and every evening to say, can I go home? Can I go home? Can I go home? Can I go back to that other foster home? You know, yeah. because I hated it at Mama Clark's that much. Like I hated it. Um, I was going to church. These people pray. She prays. She's weird. I just didn't like it. I was lonely. I wanted to go at least back to that other foster home. But after youth camp, I got the Holy Ghost. And now I'm like, I don't have time to ask them because I'm going to Bible study. And now I'm like writing notes at church. I mean, it, for me, it was instant. I was like, I need to know everything. It's like getting, yeah. it's like when you step into like, it's like on Super Mario 
three, I think it is, where you f- or even two, where you find out you could skip worlds. Oh, the wh- first time. Think of that first time when you step in, you're like, what? I could skip all what these level? worlds. Yeah, you know, it's almost like that feeling. That's the it was first like, Mario. It was like all of a sudden I realized I had all these tools to really find out what's going on, to like really make this thing go. Yeah. You know, I knew, I already knew I'd received the Holy Ghost, but I hadn't been baptized yet. And I just discovered all, that I had all these tools. So I was like, I was like, hey, why are we doing this? Why were we, hey, da 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 And everybody, and almost annoyingly so, because I was like, immediately, I was like, I got to know everything about this guy. Like, Jesus, who? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean? He, yeah, I know he died on the cross, but what do you mean he had this and this and he loved and he cried and he, and what do you mean for our sins? And what do you mean these stories? What do you mean Esther was a kid and became a queen? What do you mean that, you know? So, um, it, I had all that. And so they call me because I didn't call them. Like I stopped calling them. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, since I'm here, I'll learn. And then they finally call me They're like, Hey, good news. That kid's going to be out next week. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I think I want to stay. They're like, wait, you were calling us like so much to go home. I always imagined like on the other line, his, the guy's name was Jeremy. I always imagined that he like took the phone and like slammed his head on the wall. Like, <laughs> I'm going to kill her. What do you mean you want to stay? <laughs> yeah, because I literally harassed them. Like attitude and all of a 14 year old girl harassed them. And now I've turned 15. My birthday happened before we went to youth camp. And yeah, all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm good. And they're like, no. No, you aren't. What do you <laughs> mean you're good? Yeah. So then I'm like, nah, guys, I'm cool. I got the Holy Ghost and da da da. da. And then they're like, okay, what? No. <laughs> you got a what? <laughs> yeah. They're like, what is this about ghosts? And I'm like, yeah. And like, I'm gonna get baptized. And they're like, okay. They actually were like, this is like a cult. This is a little crazy. They're brainwashing. My grandma was like, they are straight brainwashing you. I'm like, hey, nobody. If she only knew how much I was like, uh-uh, guys, I'm still not wearing a skirt. You better show me where it says that in the Bible. <laughs> like, uh-uh, let me go get my Levi's. We are, no, I'm not wearing this to church, you know? Um, so she doesn't really know what I put everybody through to, to <laughs> learn all this and, and learn the Bible. But yeah, they weren't happy with me. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think like everything that happened in your childhood made like since like you have such a great testimony made it easier or like made you stronger in your like walk with God or like helped you accomplish God's will for you? You know, I do because everything I experienced when I was so young was so extreme. It wasn't just like a little bit, like somebody used to call me names when I was a kid or you know what I mean? Which is not cool. And we remember those things, but like it was, I seen so much of the bad side of humanity and I seen the hopelessness and I seen that humans don't know how to fix it because even though my grandma was the best, I I mean, she's my mom. She's really mom. I talked to her for an hour on the phone yesterday and went by her house. Like she calls me when there's chili, she's mom. And even though she did her best to bring all the healing that she could, the, you know, all the time that she spent, even she struggled and it caused issues too, you know? So I even seen that humans can't fix it. So I, I used to sit in bed as a teenager and just think what, why do I, why am I even alive? You know, mm-hmm. I had thoughts of ending my own life and I thought, why are, what is it, even our purpose? Even if you were famous and a celebrity and all that, then what you could like help some other people and then we die. Like, this is a lame cycle. What are we here for? Like as a young person, I was, you know, asking those things. So I had seen the extreme. So when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I knew something was different. Like there was no not knowing it was, I've had so much experience with the bad that I knew the good, the minute that I felt it, you know? So 
I think that did play a role. I think um, foster care actually played a lot because I'm actually married to um, a preacher. He's a leader in our church. <laughs> you thought I was going to say an alien, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you've got to, you've got, the, and even as an apostolic, just period, we've got to always embrace change. And I'll, you learn that in a foster home. I mean, you go to one foster home and you take your shoes off at the door. You don't ever wear your shoes in the house. But then you go to the next foster home and they're like, don't take your shoes off in here. We don't want your funky feet on our floor. And you're like, oh man, you know, then you go to the next one and it's like, we put our elbows on the table. Then the next one, they don't put their elbows on the table. You may go to one and they talk for dinner. And then you may go to another house and like, it's disrespectful to talk while we're eating dinner. Um, this, this home eats dinner at four. This home never has a dinner time. Everybody fends for themselves. You know, there's always change. Um, everybody's rules are different. Every, what they talk about is different. The churches they went to are different. So, you know, I think a lot of that helped too, because uh, things change around here all the time. And, you know, you just got to be able to roll, say, okay, this is what I got. Let's do this. Like, you know, right now we're, we're planning to have a shout out to passing the torch because there's about to be a major conference. And, uh, you know, we've got to make some changes because COVID has made everybody <laughs> change. Yeah. And, you know, so I feel like that helped prepare me a lot for, working with kids because ki there's nothing ever the same with kids. Everybody <laughs> talks, this is off topic. Okay. <laughs> but at least he told us first. So we're not a, like, huh? It's on the topic of COVID though. Okay. Everybody talks about how terrible quarantine was. Uh-huh. I had the best I love time it. ever. I'm over here big too. chilling. I love <laughs> This is why we worked. <laughs> this I had to quarantine twice because my dad is in the army. Both ones, I was like, yes, <laughs> give me a fourth and a fifth quarantine, please. Yeah, no, I. you could ask Brother Pastor. <laughs> the couple of weeks ago, I just said, I miss quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Okay, until I actually had a quarantine for COVID, then that wasn't fun because, like, nobody could even be around me. That was not fun. Yeah, no. That was a little bit different. No, 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 no. I liked it. I liked it like that. I well, like, no, I couldn't even, like, have, I couldn't, like, cook. I couldn't do anything. I had to stay in one corner. Yeah, I, I just stayed in my basement the entire time. No, I didn't like that. I wanted to be up and be able to get cookies or cinnamon rolls no, or go get I'm, books from the library. I've been, like, snacking all the time because no <laughs> yeah. one can stop me. I'm yeah, at my I'm house. Probably, <laughs> I, I, I'm probably a lot less skinny now. Than <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks for telling us your testimony. It yes. was I know it's probably a little hard for you to kind of think back about all that stuff, but thank you for doing that. You're welcome. And you know, if any of you HDR kids out there have any more questions or you want to hear more of my testimony, you can contact us at Segway. The official bring it on at gmail.com. You can write to us at the official bring it on at P.O. Box 11171, Pueblo, Colorado, or find us on Instagram at the official bring it on. We appreciate you all so much. Until next time, bring it on. Oh, we missed that. Yeah, I, I tried to. It's because he's twice. hitting the table. He hits the table. I, I tried to signal it twice, and none of you picked it up. Oh, sorry. I didn't know uh, what this was. <laughs> it, was I, it wasn't like. It's fishing. It's, it's his rap hand. <laughs> uh. Hey, yo, you know what's Wesley? I'm here, and I just grabbed William's hat. It's on upside down. It's over my headphones. What's up, guys? I think you're all really awesome. Bye.